0: Oh, and welcome to Mech the podcast where we cover everything from Astro Boy to Mazinger Z. I'm one of your hosts,
1: Tooch. I'm Devin. And today yes, I'm very are. excited because we're going to be talking about the realest of the real robots.
0: Uh, uh, he's a, a, a real robot, real, real boy, real sad, real war, I th- so, real space.
1: So Tooch, this is Armored Trooper dirt. Toms. Yes, it is. That's why I play the opening.
0: and it's a good opening
1: it is uh, it's i'm sad that this show only has one opening because i always like it's when the second one. opening is a little bit better but this is a good yes. enough opening to just last the entire show and i also, also
0: appreciate i also appreciate a better second opening that never gets the recognition it deserves because it wasn't the first one
1: i was watching a bit of Kuga because that's a show i want to do sometime in the future
0: uh-huh. and
1: uh do you know that Dan Kuga's second opening comes in, like, five episodes from the end?
0: That's bold.
1: Yeah, I was, I was like, I, guess I was clicking through them, and I was just like, wait, the last five have a different thumbnail. And I was like, holy shit, they took that long to, like, go into the second opening? <laughs> but, uh, Votoms, this is, uh, what's the Japanese title? I keep wanting to say Kakumeki, but I don't think that's right. Hmm. Uh, but it's Armored Trooper Votoms. Do you know what Votoms stands for?
0: I don't.
1: Vertical one man tank for offensive maneuvers. It it does that. (laughs) So. That's, yeah. So imagine if ever. So imagine Gundam, but everything is a Zaku, and they're all 12 feet tall, maybe. Like, let me pull up the actual metrics of, like, how tall a scope dog is. Uh, it, just gonna plug a site right here And if you're a robot fan You probably already like this site It's called uh, MAHQ Mecha Anime Headquarters hmm. um, They have a lot of anime reviews That go episode by episode And they have like profiles for mechs From like almost any real robot show You can think of Like they are the archive of mo- like, It's a mobile suit encyclopedia They have a section for Votom, So let's Let me just see how tall a scope dog is They, they will have the The, the height Okay, here we go. Uh, Dimensions. Okay, that doesn't help me because I'm a stupid American, but it's uh, (laughs) 4.2 meters.
0: Okay, yeah, that's not super huge.
1: Like, I think, isn't, like, a person, like, 2 meters tall, so it would be, like, 10 feet or something?
0: Like, 11 Uh, feet? 4 meters, 4 meters to feet. 4 meters is 13 feet.
1: Yeah, so it's about, like, 12 feet tall. 12, 13 feet tall, I was right. They're not big. And like that's like a that's like a
0: medium-sized One Piece character.
1: (laughs) This thing is Gamagori-sized. Yes. So, uh, I'd say this is the threshold between Mecha and Power Armor.
0: Yes, absolutely. Any small, yes, this is the line. Anything smaller smaller and it's Power Armor.
1: Anything bigger, it's a Mech. Like the Scope Dog is the line. It's and the Cradle will rock. I don't even know if we made that joke in season one, but I wanted to let you know that I remembered that. I,
0: I feel like we we probably must have we we did we did nothing in that first season but force everyone listening to us to get our end jokes.
1: Um, isn't that just what a podcast is?
0: You know what? Yeah.
1: <laughs> like, so votoms, if I'm going so if you haven't seen the show, the way I'm gonna sell it to you is it's real robot okay let's let's say we're making like a smoothie right now so imagine i got like a blender and i'm cutting up not a lot but just enough of warhammer forty thousand, like a little bit of that put it in the blender yeah
0: honestly i did you know my my main thought was like i would love i would love so, like a like a bunch of little scope dog miniatures that i could paint
1: um i would play Votom's wargaming
0: I would play. We would be the only two people playing it. <laughs>
1: um. So then I'm going to take a little bit for the first season, I'm going to take a little bit of Rambo First Blood and a little bit of Blade Runner and squish that in there. A little bit of Escape from New York. A little bit of Mad yes. Max. And then I'm going to throw in Gundam 8th MS Team and Apocalypse Now. That's the second season. Then I'm going to throw in a little bit of Raiders of the Lost Ark for the third season. Love, and then 2001 a Space this. Odyssey for the last season i love arc. this
0: pop culture gumbo you're making i do want to say though that that you saying that you saying that both was like escape from new york reminded me of escape from la and i just pictured chirico facing off Hiro yui on the b-ball court
1: i was gonna say i thought you were just imagine Chirico surfing
0: does i haven't seen that movie in a minute does, does there, there's
1: does the scene where he literally surfs on a flood and him. then lands on steve buscemi's car Oh my fucking god! And it's playing like surf guitar music. It's the fucking silliest shit in the universe. I swear to God, look up S- Snake Pliskin surfing, and you'll find a gif of it, and you're gonna laugh. I want to hear it. I want them to hear it. Uh, let
0: me see here. Snake Pliskin surfing. Oh, sorry, Google, I misspelled Pliskin. Yeah,
1: I want this to get caught live.
0: This is a Blu-ray cut of this scene, so I'm in for it.
1: Okay, yeah, this is this is. This is a Metrospective exclusive.
0: <laughs> Cause no one watched this fucking film. This is the
1: only this is the 30 seconds of this film that's worth watching. I'm so ready. Okay. Oh wait, okay.
0: Here yeah, they're they're getting ready. I, I had to skip ahead. Oh that affects real bad, Devin. That effect <laughs> yeah. should not be seen in 4K.
1: The thing I appreciate um, about that scene is how serious Kurt <laughs> Russell still looks.
0: Yeah. Also, these uh, another thing that should not have been seen in Blu-ray. That's not Kurt Russell surfing in those wide shots, huh? It's
1: not. It's like in that. It's like in those old episodes of Star Trek where Kirk will like flip over something and then suddenly be like a skinnier, bald man for like ten seconds.
0: I feel like okay. This is this is me knowing knowing extremely little about either franchises. Escape Escape from New York is Fallout 1 and 2, and Escape from L.A. is 3 and 4.
1: Yes. <laughs> you're, you're, yes. <laughs> New Vegas is the comic books.
0: Yes. Uh, so. God, imagine, dude, like, this is totally, we, we are in the era for it. Imagine fucking 2020, John Carpenter finally gets to make Escape from Earth.
1: You know what I want it to be? I want it to be like. I I would love because have you seen a picture of Kurt Russell's son? No. He looks just like Kurt Russell J- when he was young. My brain,
0: my brain was trying to guess a name, and I just said Jert Russell.
1: Jert, I don't know his name, but he he looks like Kurt Russell from Escape from New York. Now, if you like, but like right, he looks like. So I was thinking like, you advertise it as a remake from Escape from New York, but no, it's a sequel That's Snake Plissken's son.
0: Yes, and, they don't and tell that's, anybody that's so it's revealed out. in the middle. That's revealed after, like, the first act.
1: And the title card, like in that, like the Nicolas Cage movie, Mandy, the title card doesn't come in until two-thirds of the way through the movie. Yes.
0: I would love a grizzled, old-ass, fucking, like, Lo- Logan-ass Snake Plissken.
1: Yeah, that's that's a movie I want. I wanted that. I, then then we got a new Rambo, and I kind of groaned. <laughs> But speaking of Rambo, we're going to get into First Blood, which is the voodoo arc of of Votoms. Yes. So unlike, this show is very different from Gundam, like, right off the bat. When I first watched this show, I didn't quite like it at first, because I was expecting it to be a Gundam-esque show, and it just wasn't. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: This was was that... This, this is that one, that one part of 0079 Gundam where Amuro gets too sad and buries the Gundam in sand and then goes, wanders into the desert until he runs into Rambaral.
1: Where Rambaral inadvertently, like, I love that shot in the origin because it looks like he's staring at Amuro's penis, but he's saying that he had, uh, just because it's unfortunately drawn, but it's really funny. <laughs> um, but he actually sees that Amuro has a gun and he's like, ah, you're the Gundam pilot. Gotcha. Got uh, him. So, uh, this takes place in the Astrigius galaxy. Which has been torn apart by war for the last hundred years between the two different star systems, uh, Gilgamesh and Balarat. And that war is not important at all. (laughs) (laughs) This story is not about that war. They build it up in the first episode and it ends in the first episode. Like, the effects of that war can be kind of seen. But it's like, it's the sh- the show is not about Kiriko fighting in the war. Yeah, no,
0: and, and honestly, that was one of the things that like, are are any of the are any of the OVAs in that era? Uh,
1: the Roots of Ambition one is, and then the Pales and Files is like a sequel to like about uh, uh, because like Roots of Ambition where, is a prequel that intru- that shows how Kiriko met the guys from Last Red Shoulder. Uh-huh. And then Pielsen Files is kind of it takes place in between that OVA and um, like the start of the series. So it's all okay, about cool. Kiriko with because, the red shoulders.
0: Okay, cool. Because like, I, and I'm sure they're fine. But like, my one of my worries for the OVAs was like, man, like, because sometimes what franchises will do is like take show you. You know, for with good intentions, you know, of like, oh, we're filling in the blanks in the world building by showing you like stuff that only got talked about before, and then what ends up happening is like, I kind of wish we ne- you never showed us because it was way more interesting as this mysterious thing that only ever got talked about. Um, so that's how I feel about the, the about Chirico's war, but I'm I I trust that the the the, the stories that are, do get told in that era are still worth. it. I've
1: heard that the prequel OVAs are better than the sequel OVAs, mm, but okay. I have not seen it either. So I've only seen Red Shoulder and Roots of Ambition. Those are the only OVAs I've seen. I've seen the whole show, but I have but I'm re-watching it now. Uh I'm I'm up to the Sunsa arc, which is the third, which is just up to this episode. Yes. But um so anyway, we have the uh so Balarant is not important until season three. We can forget about Ballarant. They they are not they are a non-entity for the first half of the show. Mm-hmm. But, uh, so we, we start, and we cold open on, like, these fucking guys who are just sitting there smoking, and they're all part of the Gilgamesh military. And they're, like, they're overhearing other, uh, they're, like, overhearing a conversation, and they're just like, eh, these fuckers, they don't know what's going on. And, and I'm so, like,
0: yeah, I, I don't, they're talking about me. <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh, and these guys we're gonna get to know, these are Killy, Iskui, and Burrow, who we all will meet in this first season. Yes. Uh, Killy will become more important toward the back half. But, um, we're going to be talking about Burrow and Iskui a lot. (laughs) Yeah. So, uh, they're they're planning an an attack on this asteroid base called Lido. And they have a new addition to their team that kind of, just because of, like, you know, military snafu got shuffled in. And this guy Kiriko got transferred from some sort of special forces team. And they're like, don't let him in on what we're actually doing. Just, just fucking keep him in the back. So, this, this like, really secret operation on this astro- attack on this asteroid happens, and Kiriko, immediate, our main character, immediately is like, We're attacking our own guys. What the fuck is happening? And everyone's just like, Shut up, Kiriko! Turn him off! Like, mute him! You're out of your lane, Donnie! <laughs> yeah, they pretty much do that, and Kiriko's just like, The fuck is happening? And so, it's but, but,
0: uh... but it's Kiriko, Ch- so it just sort of outwardly translates to... Oh, okay. I guess.
1: <laughs> we'll, we'll get to, After we, we set up the first episode, let's talk about Kiriko. But let's finish setting yes. up the first episode. Because yes. the first episode is fucking wild.
0: A, lo- a lot. A lot happens. It establishes a lot that, that the show then just takes and runs with.
1: Yeah, the, the show's pacing, even if the middle of the season can get kind of repetitive, this this show is not slow. It moves really fast. Yeah. there. The, so, Kiriko finds out that uh, he kind of gets separated from the group because they all move on without him, and they kind of are just essentially leaving him to die. Uh, Oh, absolutely. So he he finds this weird pod with a naked floating lady in it, and I think Votoms invented this trope.
0: Like, I want to... There's got to be another one, right? Like, nobody invented anything really, so maybe... Let me get... Hmm... This is I don't want to fall down a TV Tropes hole in the middle of this podcast. We
1: can do that later. This is the first episode, so we can hate douchebag ourselves. Yes. yes. But uh, this is, so I'll, we'll get into a little more of the production and characters after this before we, because the setup is really important. So there's this floating naked lady, and Kiriko shows a lot more emotion than he usually does here, where he's kind of like, what? <laughs> he's like freaking out. And so this pod gets stolen, and the base is set to explode. Uh, Kiriko's left behind and is knocked out by the explosion in his in his Votoms, or his armored trooper, his AT. Those terms are kind of mutually, uh, are the same, they're interchangeable. Uh, Kiriko wakes up captured by General Roshina of the uh, Gilgamesh military, who's like, Did you see the prototype? Where's the prototype, Kiriko, you traitor? And he's getting tortured like Metal Gear style. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah he, he has to press circle to resist torture a lot
0: oh my god i'm so i'm i'm so glad and also knew that you would know the, sir, the button <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's probably it's either circle or square it's one of those no it's circle. Yeah. press the circle button yeah it's circle revolver ocelot is very t- I, he's very polite telling you how to resist his torture absolutely i i you know when the new iphone came out it has the three lenses Kojima retweeted that but added the votoms like with a scope dog and so i know he's seen the show and every time kiriko is captured his shirt gets taken off for some reason even if they don't torture him i mean hey listen you could could be hiding stuff under there so kiriko these guns so (gasps) kiriko resists like death torture and then like shoots his way out in like one of the most explosive openings to an anime i've ever seen just he he kills like thirteen people in this first episode, and so he he like hijacks a fighter jet and he's out of there, and then the show cuts yeah. six months later where he's been laying low in this big like Judge Dread mega city.
0: He he just sort of like like fall like float like free floats into space and just is like fuck this and then just goes to the like the the closest junk ass planet. Well, it's all the same. The mo- the, a wretched hive of scum and villainy. He
1: he actually well because that when he's tortured he's on Melchia, which is uh huh, and Voodoo uh, and Kumin are both on Melchia, and I didn't know that when, until I really thought about it. I thought he went to different planets. Yeah, but the first two arcs are all the first episode, the second first arc, and the second arc are all on the same planet of Melchia.
0: Wow, you know what? Fucking bi- big points cuz like I'm honest like the the longer it goes on, the more I'm sick of like fucking sci-fi franchises that just treat every planet like 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 the- there's only one important city on literally the entire fucking planet or they only have one culture. Like I get it. It's hard it's hard world building an entire fucking planet, B- but <laughs> try. I I Try because the alternative, the alternative is that the future always looks like a monoculture, and that's terrifying and bad to write about.
1: Yes, it is. So let's talk um, about Kiriko.
0: The only, the only exception to that being Coruscant, whose entire pitch is just one single city on an entire planet.
1: So is Nar Shadda. Oh, neat. But Nar Shadda is like run by Hutt. It's a moon of the uh, Hutt planet. Mm. So it's like literally, it's like Space Detroit. I
0: wonder if it's still canon.
1: It it is. I think they got another oh, shot good. on solo. Oh neat, good.
0: I didn't finish that movie. Neither did I. I had, but... to, I had to. I had to move across the country.
1: <laughs> it's not good, but uh, that's a different podcast. Yes. Um. So let's talk dance. about our boy Kiriko Cutie.
0: Kiriko Cutie.
1: Uh, he is. He's not Amuro. Let's say that. No. So
0: he's. <sighs> He's like the bad He's like bad timeline Amuro He's like he's what Amuro was Scared of becoming
1: He's 18 years old he's a 3 year veteran <laughs> So that's when Amuro oh, my boy. First uh, Became a, pa- a pilot uh, Kiriko no. is a very kind of Like he's seen Like he, Kiriko the kind of character where if you look too deep Into his eyes you can just hear the sounds of fire and gun- Of just gunfire and bombs
0: Yeah, listen, like, what was that one, what's that one song? I think it's, I think it's that Pink Floyd song that just starts with, like, a very, a very, like, slowly rising, terrifying bass line and just women screaming.
1: Oh, yeah, that's, um, that's how Dark Side of the Moon opens.
0: Oh, okay, yeah, That's, that's that's the
1: open, that's, um, and then it goes into Breathe, and then it goes into Breathe in the Air. Yeah, yeah. Breathe in the air. God. Yeah.
0: Wait, can we?
1: <laughs> How well
0: does the first does the first arc of Photom sync with
1: *Dark Side of the Moon*? I thought you were gonna say the wall, but. <laughs> Daddy's God, no. flown across the planet, leaving just a memory.
0: That's there's probably some anime no out there dark that syncs with Dark. Sarcasm
1: that... in the yeah. scope, dog. Jesus. So uh what what do you have to say about Kiriko? I want to hear what you you what you have to say about him.
0: I I definitely like I I want I want to see more. I want to see where his arc goes because this is ve- like this was a fir- this was roughly like a first arc, a first season and it it is est- it established a lot, especially the especially the, the 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 red the last red shoulder, which I guess had the 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 advantage of of being produced much later in the show's franchise only a year so after the, the
1: ending but but, but still. still
0: like yeah that's a whole yeah um after the franchise um so y- you got a lot of, it was in, it was interesting um it was interesting to see like me you know, okay the, this this was technically produced after the audience at the very least had had that full understanding of of, of a fuller understanding of Chirico, but still having to write him. I don't know how much he changes necessarily throughout the course of the show, but at the very least, like the the what 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 the writers know about him, what the audience knows about him, and what I knew about him was like all completely different things, and it was interesting to to see because it felt it felt the same. Like that's Chirico. Like at no point was I was like, oh, he seems like he's being written different here, but I definitely felt a vibe of like a more familiar vibe. Like yeah, he's I I don't know. It, it was weird. I'll. I think I'll have more solidified thoughts about Kiriko as the series goes on, but I'm very I'm very interested to see how this how this soft, broken boy uh, uh, presents himself to me, blossoms before I my eyes. I think
1: the most telling thing about Kiriko that you can immediately glean from him from the second episode is that he's been in hiding in this massive Blade Runner city for like six months, and he still mm-hmm. hasn't changed out of his fucking pilot uniform and never wears anything else for the entirety of the franchise
0: yeah no it's it's very much one of those um it's very much one of those things of like so, somebody who doesn't who doesn't know how to be a civilian like they go home to an empty room and sleep on a cot because that's they don't have any desire they don't have any individual desires shit the like, only that. Thing like that, that sad shit
1: pushes kiriko is is fiana who i'll we'll talk about later
0: yeah um and oh, fuck, i was gonna say something else, uh, the, the the other the other big moment my my favorite moment and I think it was only like in the, like the, the the third or fourth episode or whenever was like he's he's run he's like running and hiding from the cops or something. That's and most of the season. Survi- so. yeah, but he he survives. He survives the night by crawling into in, in a dilapidated scope dog and shutting the door and just sleeping there.
1: Because he's like done literally- that thousands of times.
0: Yes, and he's and he, and and in that and that one moment he admits like he he narrates that moment and is basically like this is the first time I've felt anything like I'm heavily I'm just summarizing the mood because I don't remember what he said but just like he was just like I'm I feel comfortable here I'm safe I feel so... safe this is safe and like you're literally. You're being hunted to your death, and you have to hide. You in have this the government up... after you,
1: the army after you, and the cops of this city after you for all different reasons.
0: The and the only thing standing between you and them is a dilapidated like mech that they could easily be like, "Hey, maybe he's hiding in that," but he's just like, "No, I feel safe in this right you now." You can and open like, a Jesus Jesus dog like a fucking Christ.
1: trash, like a fucking dumpster.
0: You can, oh, you can open it like one of Quentin Tarantino's trunks. <laughs> you can open it. Is there a trunk shot in uh, ho- in the
1: Hollywood movie? I do not remember. Damn! I like that. I'm movie not going to watch it. <laughs> I liked it a lot, though. That's a different podcast. I'm sure it's fun. Yes, we have many guidance. It was the SSS Gridman of Tarantino movies. Mm.
0: <laughs> now I want to watch it so I can have this fucking debate with you. But anyway, that's for a different
1: podcast. <laughs> so, um. So uh, let's briefly talk about uh, mechs. Uh, there's a segment I want to start in mech retrospective where we start specifically talking about mech designs. We're gonna more do this for Gundam because there's like a- so many fucking mobile suits, where we yeah. just rolodex through them, be like thoughts on this design from like a visual. I like looking at giant robots perspective. We in the first se- in the first arc, we pretty much only see scope dogs.
0: So yes. what do you, what
1: do you think about the scope dog and uh, the brutish dog, which is Fiona's pink one?
0: I like, I I like that they are that there is just no fucking flair. It's they are they are the most mass produced utilitarian. There, because like you know, mo- most mechs are could be could be mo- they're most easily pitched in my mind as like analogs to tanks.
1: Yes, this Um, is the most literal interpretation of that.
0: But also, in relatively speaking, compared to other mechs, if 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 your average if your average real robot is a tank, scope dogs are jeeps.
1: Yes, scope dogs are
0: armored. Scope dogs are
1: armored Hummers at best. They and they have the probably the durability of a Hummer too. Yes, like can we shout out Kiriko's gun that can just punch holes through through scope dogs?
0: Yeah, uh good jesus christ like his, can we can we when you said can we, when you said that I, I i thought you were talking about their 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 ammunition loaded fist punch their fucking big o small o piston punch
1: yeah that's just the do you know what that move is actually called what arm punch
0: good i'm glad
1: They have, like, it fires, like, a bullet into itself to propel itself forward to do enough damage more than just a regular punch. It's, it's, I love it. I love that little attention to detail. And, uh, let's talk about just how they fight. So, originally in this show, they were supposed to just walk around. Or float around. Kind of, in the first episode, they're mostly floating around because they're on, like, an asteroid base. But one of the lead animators was a woman, and she said that she was a big fan of watching, like, Olympic slalom. And really wanted them to skate. And then that was the best decision anybody ever made in this show.
0: Ah, uh, hell yeah. Mac so, all Votoms
1: have essentially tank treads on their feet that they just use to, to fucking go. So, like, you can walk in a, a Votom, you can walk in one, you can walk in an AT, or you can just slide around and strafe and, like, skate. It's the coolest shit to watch, and it's animated, like, really effectively. Using like sliding cells and stuff. Kinda like how uh Tomino moved the DOMs around in um in the second Gundam movie. Like the black tri stars and those guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because the DOMs have like the hover jets on their feet. So they slide. Yeah, no, I
0: I, I, I do I do like skating. I do like skating mechs. It's that's it's always very fun.
1: Like it it, it occurred to me that you know what else was another skating mech show that we covered?
0: Uh, code yes. Yes, and how much better this is than code Gias? Yeah, I mean, it's it's apples and oranges. It's apples and fucking a, a sculpture of an apple made out of fucking Vanta black. I don't fucking know, man. They're two
1: completely different things. But like, um, um I the one thing that I really I'm. Gonna be what if with, Clamps made photon? <laughs> <laughs> don't even. I mean, they drew Amuro Clamp QV. I mean, can't Clamp Kiriko
0: oh my god
1: so kiriko um is a great character the photons are cool one last thing about the ats that i want to talk about at this exact bit is i like how they are uh i like how they're operated kind of like essentially Uh the the head you like the the visor bit with the three eyes that you always see you can just move that out of the way and look out of it yes and there is no screen. You usually you, you have to literally wear goggles that's that are like giving you outside vision, so you cannot see both your cockpit and the outside at the same time.
0: Yeah, you you gotta feel it out, and 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 also there is no like any kind of like a- atmosphere control or insulation or anything. Your suit is which was made evident to me from from when he he goes on that initial like I'm going to just wipe out this entire like gang and also whatever police get in my way sequence and everything's on fire and he he opens the cockpit and he's like melting. Yeah. Like and like no he no he yeah he's inside the cockpit melting and then like uh some outside party that I don't even remember who that ended up being, had to come in and hose him down with, like, chemical coolants in order for him to live. Because he was literally baking inside of the scope dog.
1: Like, Woodoo city is a fucking hole. Uh, like, this makes me want to hang out in Los Angeles from Blade Runner. <laughs> like, that, that, like, yeah, I'll stare at that giant geisha lady and die of cancer. I read... <laughs> Apparently, in and- do Androids Dream of Electric Sheep, everybody wears lead cod pieces because there's so much benign radiation that it just sterilizes you if you don't.
0: Good God!
1: I love Philip K. Dick. <laughs> I I wish there was a cut of Blade Runner where Harrison Ford talked about his fucking lead fucking cod piece.
0: Or just like a, s- a sequence where you just see him put it on.
1: Yes, just slipping into his with pants no- before he goes with out.
0: Nope. With no explanation well, in okay, the original cut would have no explanation, then the then the movie cut would have a very long-winded narration of him explaining uh, this the codpiece. My,
1: lead cod piece. my <laughs> wife used to call me old lead codpiece piece because I'd wear it every day. But the dumb bitch didn't know that so I wouldn't know my balls would work. So after the attack on Leto and Kiriko has been in the city for a while, he somehow manages to avoid trouble for six months and then get kidnapped by a biker gang. Yes. Like he's
0: like and and like not, not even like not even in any way of like oh he tried to protect somebody or like he like got he he wanted to he help the city out. He was like in, in a very Saitama way, he was just, like, walking down the street and just, like, chilling. And then he just gets caught up in, in their fucking human trafficking, and they picked the wrong human to traffic.
1: Yeah, these Hakuto no Ken-looking fuckers just roll into town and grab all these guys for slave labor. And yes, th- like... this,
0: this first star gave me extreme Fist of the North Star vibes.
1: Oh, yes. And it's like—and this is predates Fist of the North Star. That's 85.
0: Dang.
1: But I I don't, know, I don't know if it predates the manga, but Japan loved Mad Max. Yeah. That much it is really Mad did. Max Two. They loved Mad Max Two Road Warrior enough to have it com- completely completely affect their um, entire pop culture. Like Jay Bellman Just... from um, Red Letter Media made a very astute point on Best of the Worst where. He said, I think every Italian filmmaker was so inspired by Mad Max and Escape from New York that they were incapable of making anything else besides ripoffs of those two movies.
0: <laughs> that's that's a fair assessment.
1: But, uh, so, I, I just think, who's the guy who was like, okay, I'm gonna grab the guy who is wearing a, a military, like, a, a mech pilot uniform six months after this war is over who looks like a thousand, who gives a thousand yard stare like fucking gomer pile from full metal jacket <laughs> that's the guy uh, i'm gonna fucking take
0: yeah uh, uh, honestly like i i really do think it was pure unfiltered fate because i think they were just whipping around their ropes and just dragging literally whoever it landed on without even really aiming for anything <laughs> and if you notice
1: cops ain't doing shit
0: no because they're on the take as cops are often want to be
1: so um, Kiriko gets taken to this place where he's mining Gigerium, which is their their kind of their special, it like it's their Minovsky particle. Yeah. It it's their it's their fake science thing that makes things work in their universe. So
0: they're... which is which is weird because I f- I feel like if if any if any mech could just run on fucking petroleum fuel it would be a scope dog. I mean
1: they explode like they do. Yeah. I mean they they're literally made of explodium. They make Z- they make Leo's from Gundam Wing look durable. Mm-hmm. The Wing Gundam can just fire in the general vicinity of a Leo and six of them will explode.
0: I I love I I I I love I love how I love how famous the, the, do, do you do you want to know what the world's most famous scope dog is? The the biggest one in the world, Uh, Boss Borat.
1: <laughs> made from literal trash. <laughs> So
0: I mean, all all of Chirico's all of Chirico's scope dogs. Every important scope dog in this show was cobbled together from garbage.
1: Yeah, that's another thing that separates us from Gundam. Chirico does not have a designated mech.
0: Yeah, no, there isn't one. It's just
1: it's just a it's just a vague job. Does he does he pilot non scope dogs? He pilot in the second season, he pilots a um a waterproofed, do- uh, a marshy dog, a waterproofed version for like water combat because it's like Vietnam and he's always like waist deep in water. Mm. Uh, in the third mm. season, he uses a Scope Dog Two, an upgraded version.
0: Scope Dog Two.
1: They don't look much different.
0: <laughs> Colon Scope Dogger. Scope Dogger.
1: Uh, so Kirigo essentially meets this dude who's like, "We're gonna, fu- I'm gonna fucking get out of here." And then, meanwhile, the cops are having a disagreement with the mafia, which explodes into this giant, violent, up-three-way conflict that (laughs) Kiriko just kind of walks into, like, hey guys, what's up?
0: Yeah, like, he doesn't- he isn't even- like, if he- if Chirico isn't there, that uprising still happens.
1: Yeah, he was just- he was just fortunate enough to have have that happen while he was there. He just sort of, like- it's- (laughs) In a
0: in a very fucking forced gump moment, honestly. <laughs> just see, he's secretly the most important person in history because he's just always standing next to somebody who's about to change history.
1: Can I tell you something? Yes. That becomes a plot point much later on. <laughs> You're gonna <laughs> love so the glad. quent arc. You're gonna love the quent arc. Oh my That's gosh, when things I get space like... odyssey.
0: Yes, good, good, good.
1: Uh so the first season is very much Rambo last Rambo, First Blood, Like mm-hmm. where Kiriko's essentially waging a one, sometimes four-man war on the cops, but he's the only one shooting. Mm-hmm. So the chief of police dies and is replaced by a very familiar dude from the first episode, Iskui, who was one of the conspirators behind the attack on Leto. And he's joined by the fucking Pope-looking guy, Burro.
0: God, I fucking hate that dude. I can't wait for him to die.
1: So they're part of this, like, elusive secret society that don't really— we don't really know much about their their motives yet, but they're they're obsessed with Kiriko. Mm-hmm. And they have, you know, the 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 girl, Proto 1. So Kiriko eventually gets a scope dog and pretty much ends this entire motorcycle gang, just ends them. Yeah. And if like there's a On a whim pretty much pretty much like the most the single most badass line i've ever seen in any anime is at the end of the third episode where kiriko is just it's a slow pan into his scope dog with his fire everywhere and he's like i can smell it again the battlefield like me my the fire and my Votoms.
0: yes yeah that was so that was raw it's so raw like on like you you could totally like my my gut reaction was like okay this is all a little on the nose like but also fucking like damn that's so good
1: it's it's like that and then so the fourth episode is where we introduce the rest of the supporting cast kiriko pretty much wanders into a junkyard who's owned by this dude named gotho and something fun you'll know is that Gotho is voiced by Doctor Hell from the original Massinger Z. Yeah,
0: you can you can hear it in his voice sometimes too. You oh, can. he was in, he he was also in he was his like his first role was a uh, Chief Utsuka in Tetsujin Twenty Eight Go. Nice, so big big mech history person. Big
1: ups for him. He's probably Cyborg dead. 009. By, uh, he's, he's he's alumni. You know, uh, Gotho kind of looks like the good guy scientist from from Zero Zero Nine. He has the big nose and everything.
0: Uh, Devin, my man's is alive at 83 years old. He'll what be a 80 hero! He'll, he'll be 84 in February. His his last role was in, uh, Young Blackjack in 2015.
1: Hell yeah! Good for him. Yeah. Uh, and Gotho has this girl named Cloana who kind of, a uh, Kokana, not Kloana, it's Kokana.
0: Klonoa. <laughs> <Clanoa>. Um... <laughs>
1: Kokana, she kind of just hangs out and I think does odd jobs for him for money because the economy's bad and th- and Voodoo is the worst city on earth. Well, on Melkia.
0: <laughs> yeah. Oh, also, I was I was wrong. His most recent role was a du- was a dub voice in the American CG cartoon movie Smallfoot, which came out in 2018. I So he my man still working. Know. He's still working though. This is my point
1: and uh so gotho coconut and vanilla vanilla <laughs> that's how they always vanilla. say vanilla vanilla yeah i um, love vanilla vanilla's great he's he's so at first they're like oh kiriko's good at sc- at scope dog and they're like maybe we can all exploit him for money in like the horrible gladiatorial arena that we- that's popular now because everything is horrible I, in, the,
0: in, in a very like uh god what was that what was that one game where the what was that one game that one movie that i haven't actually see, i've fucked up i've only ever seen the last scene of it because it was shown to me in in some class and some college course that i don't even think was film related but uh what was that one movie where the where the where the fucked up veterans get caught up in an underground russian roulette competition? the deer hunter the Deer Hunter. I've only ever seen the last scene of that movie, Devin.
1: It's a fucked up movie, and Christopher Walken <laughs> is bizarrely hot in it. Yes. Christopher Walken um, is, like, hot, and I'm like, wow, Christopher Walken was hot once upon a time.
0: Yeah. no, nah, he was. He could dance, too.
1: Yeah, he could. He still can. But that's a uh, different
0: podcast, I guess. <laughs> it's a different podcast. So... But no, yeah, that, that's very... That, that's very... In uh, The
1: Deer Hunter, they're forced to do it by, like, by the Viet Cong, and then then Christopher Walken is, like, so, is, like, can't live unless he's, like, on the brink of death like that, so he starts just hanging out in Vietnam doing it anyway.
0: Yeah. But this is more... more, In general, the vibe is, like, hey, man, uh, veterans have it fucking rough.
1: (laughs) And essentially, they're not, like, fighting to kill each other, they're just disabling each other's uh, scope dogs with, like, just punches and shit.
0: But even so, it's basically like, what if what if, what if if monster trucks were even less safe and no one cared if they died?
1: If people are paying extra to hoping that they die. Yes. Like, and so... Kir-
0: so NASCAR.
1: Yes. <laughs> Kiriko gets kind of wound up in that world, like, a couple times, but doesn't really stay there. He, like, doesn't want to talk about his military service at all with anybody. So was like, what rank were you? What front were you on? He's like, mmm. And then he's like, you guys are just play fighting. Like, this isn't real. And they get, like, really pissed off, and then one guy's like, fine, I'll deathmatch you, and then Kiriko kills him.
0: Kiriko treats them like those people that get, like, l- fully loaded with, like, f- fully big, b- like, b- like all, the- all their fucking war gear and fatigues, and they, like, rent a jeep, and it's literally just, like, airsoft.
1: And then Kiriko's just like, I've been shot. <laughs> Stop this. <laughs> So, um, they all kind of want to exploit Kiriko at first, but Kokana kind of has like a crush on Kiriko, and they' and it has like essentially is the moral compass of the show. Yeah, like, she just like Vanilla and Co- and Gotho are initially initially they the, you, then you can see they really start trying to start caring about Kiriko, but at first they're just kind of like he's an investment. So oh, absolutely, but they notice in these battling matches, as they're called battling
0: baturingu i i i love i i love the tra- i love the localization dilemma of like japan thinks this word in english is really cool and enough people probably don't use it or know it enough so that they can just use it like a proper noun but it's just a very normal english word used to describe something very vaguely and we have to just either use it and confuse western audiences or come up with a new name for it and enrage every weeaboo.
1: To which I have one word to say I have one thing to say to you.
0: Uh Ayug. F- oh, I was going to say I was going to say first child's.
1: The fir- the first child's. Well, in in Japanese there is no Differentiation. There is no like pluralization or anything. So it would be. It would have been. It's always fasto children. Yeah. Because I took two semesters of Japanese in community college, uh, so it's like oh, yeah. they like there. You wouldn't say like I have some apples. You would say I have a- I have an apple. I have many apple.
0: Yeah. No, I get it, but I I just and and but I I just thought it was I thought it was a little. Dumb and dumb in the new dub that they were that st- much of a stickler about it because like you're just gonna confuse people who aren't super. Apparently, loose. there's
1: also an English dub of of Votoms, and I have not heard it at all.
0: And we probably never will. Uh,
1: I, Votoms apparently got localized in like the 90s on VHS because there's also like 90s tabletop role playing games based on the Votoms universe in English.
0: It honestly, and that prob that probably is that probably is due to due to BattleTech's popularity.
1: Honestly, yeah. I could this this would get the BattleTech audience, absolutely. That like this is very close to anime BattleTech. And while I, I probably the people who watched BattleTech saw f- who made BattleTech watched Photoms
0: and possibly possibly probably uh le- less than legally used some imagery from it because they were known for that back in the day.
1: <laughs> also, fuck Harmony Gold though
0: fuck army gold too yes as well but uh, yeah oh i think but i i just remember i think a lot i think a handful of og Battletech is just like gundams forget, gu, like gundams <laughs> and or um, macrosses yeah that they just can't use anymore and they had to change the design
1: <laughs> <laughs> and that's fine i like my battle tech max when they look more like modern battletech where they're just big stompy things with too many guns
0: yeah, ba- ba- like back before globalization really kicked off, it was I. To- I totally get one country looking at another country's media and just going like, what, well, we could just use that." That's a whole other fucking country. Who's gonna ever know or care? Yeah, and it turns out, Us. uh, capitalism, capitalism will know and care.
1: And uh, so yeah, so there we we see that that uh Proto One, the Phantom Lady, loves watching battling matches, and Kiriko's like, "That's the fucking lady from the tube."
0: That's, and the, like, that's the naked lady who. Uh, I my, my what shocked me the most was she had nipples.
1: Yeah, there's nip in the show. There's surprisingly a lot of nip.
0: Yeah, usually usually they reserve nip for the OVA. This was eighty. This was the eighties. Ooh.
1: There was the nipples decade, in the
0: eighties. The, the decade of
1: nipples. So what follows is the middle of this season, uh, or this arc, where Kiriko is just essentially like there's there's a, there's a heist where they steal a ton of jigerium from the um from the cops and then kind of like have to get rid of it and give it to all the people or all their money that they bribed out of the cops <laughs> uh God. we learn that vanilla is a veteran who was like a helicopter pilot huh yeah. cuz he's like inexplicably amazing oh. at at piloting helicopters
0: Speaking of the helicopters, was this like an animation flub or something, or do, are the are the helicopters design in, in this future designed in such a way where it's just a where it's just a solid disc on top?
1: I don't know.
0: <laughs> I don't okay, have an answer as long for as, you. as long as it's not just me. I don't. As, Cause no. Cause like I saw a man like run into a stationary helicopter that I thought was on and spinning, and that wasn't the case, and I was like. Oh, is this like a future thing? Because otherwise, it looks exactly like this a normal This show's animation helicopter. is
1: inconsistent. There's episodes that look very good, and sometimes it looks like Kiriko's is poking out of a trash can.
0: Oh yeah, because uh, I remember I, <laughs> I sent you that image of Oscar the Grouch, and said it was. Jerry
1: I have a couple screen caps that I might put that we should probably put on the uh, on the Twitter because there's yes. some ones that are really funny uh there there's one of when they're uh the, the, i think it's toward the end where they lose uh Fiona. like they think they're gonna escape with her well because kiriko okay. names her Fiona.
0: yeah oh yeah i never fully do, do, do we was it Are, am, am i Sh- should i 13 episodes in know why he picked that name no Did I miss should that? not know that yet okay good
1: that gets explained much later like a lot of this show plays the long game that's good. Okay. Well, good. Like the first three arcs are all about setting up various mysteries and then answering all of them in the final one. Nice. And so, uh, just momentarily talking about the way the action is portrayed in this, it, it like in Gundam, you know, you got the music, you got like I'm, I compare this to Gundam a lot because that's one of the we've done Code Geass, which which was kind of a little more flashy and you know, energetic, a little more rule of cool. Code, Gundam, co- yeah,
0: Code. Code Geass is, like, marketable, marketable Votoms.
1: <laughs> Code like, I like the first season of Code Geass a lot. I, the second season kind of turns into slightly better Gundam Seed.
0: I just found the strangest fan art that I know no context for. It's Chirico in Rey's plug suit. Oh, because
1: his hair's blue. Because <laughs> his hair's blue and he's emotionless, mostly.
0: <laughs> and he's cute, like Rey.
1: Yeah. So, like, here, so, like, um... I like. There's an episode moment in episode four, like when Kiriko's kind of sitting there quietly as all three of his friends have wacky hijinks together. Mm -hmm. They're having, like, a comedic anime argument where they're all screaming over each other about something. And Kiriko's kind of like, holy shit, can I possibly even have the mental capacity to have friends? (laughs) Like, he just kind of thinks, like, do I. Am I able to make friends? Like, he. Mood. like fucking
0: honestly, mood. It's been a rough. It's been a rough few years, Devin. It has,
1: <laughs> dude. the The Trump years have not been good to us. We're not a political podcast, but I think a lot of our audience will find solidarity in that. Yeah, the vibe. Someone needs to vibe check. Vibe check. Union mp three.
0: Chirico. Chirico uh, spends this series routinely uh, both getting vibe-checked and vibe-checking.
1: Oh, yes. Like, Kiriko. theres a YouTube video that's just, like, all of Kiriko's kills counted in, like, 30 minutes. And, like, one one problem I have with this video that I might re-edit is that whenever he blows up, like, a vehicle that probably has multiple people in it, they only count it as one kill. But by the end of the show, it's, like, 300-something. Like, I don't think Amuro or Char combined get that kind of body count throughout, like, two shows and a movie. And that's not even including the OVAs. That's just the TV show for Kiriko.
0: God. Did like, that a Like at least lot.
1: 300 something kills. If if you're curious, you can look up that video if you don't. There's a few spoilers I... in it, but like maybe after you finish the show, watch that video. I will, yeah. It, there used to be one for Ideon, with every character dying that, that was set to a song from Oreca 7 that I can't find anymore. I feel like you did show me that one. It's not on YouTube anymore or Nico Nico. Because Ideon got li- got licensed, I'm holding it in my hands right now. You can buy it on Amazon for like forty bucks. It's Blu-ray transfer looks great. I'm glad. Votoms is also on Blu-ray. You can officially buy this and all the OVAs on Blu-ray.
0: It's it's never it's never been a better time to be a mech fan. It's
1: it, it honestly it never has been better to be a fan of old anime in general.
0: Oh, god, right? And manga. Fucking all the all the old shit's getting localized. I always assumed that like every now and again a cool old thing would come out. Like uh, Tuch, And then and then seven Seas buy... Entertainment Seven Seas
1: Entertainment said, fuck your wallet. <laughs> Tooch. Yes? You can buy every single Gundam series on Blu-ray.
0: Yeah, you can. Can 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 I afford it? No, but I would.
1: I I own more than I'd want to admit. <laughs> I I I you could there I I'm so mad I didn't go in for that pat labor thing twenty five dollars for every single pat labor thing ever
0: that's worth it that's a that's a that's a fine we're that's
1: gonna do more there. pat labor guys don't worry and speaking of pat oh, labor yeah. okay so we're brief before we continue talking about votons we're gonna bring back the Haro scale and I don't know if we ever talked about that on if on Mike but the Haro scale is our completely arbitrary scale of how we grade mecha power levels. And the problem with putting real robots on that is that, unlike a super robot show, the power of a real robot usually is determinant of the pilot. Like, just yeah. having the Gundam is a different power level than having Amuro in the Gundam. It's so it's like it's hard to to gauge the power levels of real of of real robots as opposed to just, oh yeah, Shin Getter could just vaporize Mazinger Z in a heartbeat.
0: Yeah. For 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 real robots, I guess it really would just come down to like hard specs. Yeah, and so. you would you would you would just have to you would just have to assume that the most optimal pilot for it is behind the wheel.
1: I would assume if like for example, if it is the Gundam, I would put a li- I would put like a separate late rating for like this is the RX seventy eight two Gundam. This is the RX seventy eight with Amuro in the pilot seat. Or like have yes. like or give like modifiers for if they you know have what pilots. okay
0: maybe maybe that's maybe that's how we normalize the scale in terms of in terms of pilot when you are referring to Haro measurements the pilot is always Amaro Ray
1: okay that is we can make that distinction because I'd say that's yes. like, that's a fine baseline and f- would you say for all Xeon units we'd say the uh, the, the same pilot is Char.
0: I mean, yeah, because I mean, I think both of them at their peak are comparable.
1: Yes, definitely. Um, so they are the
0: Goku and Vegeta of the <laughs> Universal Century.
1: Yes. So I wanted to ask because you they're quickly. in love. Uh, I want to ask you quickly because I, yes. I had an incomplete thought that I'm trying to fix. That I'm trying to complete as well. But this is this came up as talk talked about Pat Labor for half a second. Do you think a scope dog could take out an Ingram from Pat Labor? They're roughly the same size. Ingrams uh, might be a little bigger. I'm going to look up the size of an Ingram yes. while you th- while you roll over this. Honestly,
0: I I would I would say that I I would say that that, that one of the main reasons that the sco- that the scope dog would be so low in the Haro system has much less to do with size and just more to do with the fact that like scope dogs are scope dogs are made to be expendable in a way that most other mech aren't. Uh in- even Ingrams which do get fucked Ingram's up in layers. Like, yes but like they they are they are clearly built with a lot more durability like their 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 armor is is better they their their parts are more collapsible their their joints are protected they're by like, like cloth yeah they do- which is i've never seen in mech. which i've never seen in any mech including mechs that fight in the fucking desert so
1: in gundam they have like the, the the difference between the, the Zaku 2 and the Zaku 2 uh G is that the Zaku ground type is like dust proofed and doesn't have yes. any like the space verniers. Like Gundam covers that, but not like visually as they do in like. Yeah. That's more like stuff you. Because in Japan, you can just buy mecha guidebooks that have all the specs of mobile suits and like a ton of extra fluff about how they were built. But. but yeah, I, th-
0: I think. I, th- I think sco- Scope Dogs. Scope Dogs are. Scope dogs are the second lowest on the on on the on the Haro scale. The but consider boss, The, fire the lowest is, I think. I think the lowest is Boss Borat. Uh, I think a single Haro could probably find a way to take that. Well,
1: thing, I I decided that it would take about a million Haros to take out a Zaku. So then, anything bigger than a million can be condensed down to Zaku units. A million? That seems like a lot. No, maybe like hundred thousand.
0: I would have to. Big big numbers are so hard for for us. We smiling, will have an episode a, dedicated to, try to, to the horror scale. We need to find like some sort of scientist or mathematician or engineer to work this out with us. Yes,
1: we maybe maybe we get pigeon. Doesn't pigeon have a physics degree? You would know better than me. Uh. So yes, we'll we'll bring up the horror scale again. But I just wanted to say, the last part about the pat about Ingram versus Scope Dog is. I think they would balance out because a scope dog has more firepower, whereas an Ingram is built is a police unit, not a military unit. Because a cop, like a, they have like shotguns and revolvers, whereas scope dogs. When you see Kiriko fully loading up his scope dog, he has like a waist-mounted grenade, like he has like shoulder cannon missiles, a machine gun, a rocket launcher, and like a Gatling gun on his waist.
0: Yeah, I I do always appreciate like, j- just because like the. There's, there's there is like so much care put into like like honestly like cuz when when most people talk about mecha it's about robots but if you but if you actually like the one thing i know about mecha quote unquote broadly speaking in terms of like the actual japanese hobby of mecha it's just machines like you can be into mecha and be into like tanks and shit
1: oh yeah um, like there's like um,
0: so if if you like, so if you are if you are listening to this and you're somebody who like doesn't like mecha, but you like fucking like war and shit and like the the technical aspect. If you're of the kind of guy, guy who builds
1: like tank models from World War Two,
0: like then vote votoms has your shit. Like you can look at a vo- you can look at a votom and uh, at a scope dog and see the things the scope dogs do. And like you know, sure, it's all some of it is fudged sci fi physics sometimes, but like I, me only n- me not knowing a lot. Uh, as a layman, I look at the scope dog and I'm like, "Fucking, someone's gonna build that someday."
1: <laughs> like, Tooch, you know Stardust Memory, the W eighty three that had like the super legit, like tech, like mechanical animation. Like, you get to see how the Zaku eye moves and all that. Imagine a Votom series that had that level of mechanical detail. Yeah, that's that would be the shit. But I wanted to say because I didn't complete my thought that the violence and action in Votoms is so much more visceral than Gundam, and I'm a big Gundam guy. Like, when you're watching Kiriko just fucking murder these guys, you there's so much smoke and fire, and the screen's doing that cool, like, heat effect, and you can smell it. Like, the gu- you smell the fire <laughs> when you watch this. You're just like, I smell the fire and the bodies and the, and the gunpowder. I can smell all of it.
0: It's yeah, it is very sensory, it's very it's very visceral. They they really do they linger on all of the right shots.
1: So this is directed by Ryusuke Takahashi? Um I'm going to go le- I want to do more research into him because he seems to actually be a big player in mecha. Uh his first series was Dogram, which was another okay. which was a, which was a super robot show that leaned way more real robot. And then after this He went on to do SPT Lasner, As well as He also went on to do Blue Gender Oh cool Which is a show I actually want to cover At some point point. And uh So he's the, I want to learn a little more About him Because he seems like He's steadily been working In the mecha genre For a while So in episode two mm-hmm. I'll have more Ryusuke Takahashi details For when I actually Do that research uh, so the way the plot goes from there, essentially, as I said, is just essentially various battles against the cops who are led by these, you know, secret society. But I think when this arc really starts kicking off towards the end is when Rochina, the, the general from the first episode, shows up again. Because mm-hmm. I guess it when there's a gigantic war happening in your major city, the military has to get involved at some point. Where Rochina is just like, Kiriko's here. I'm taking over control and he just starts para dropping in like military scope dogs into the fucking area. And so then it becomes this three-way conflict between like Kiriko, the cops, the secret society and the military. And it's just a complete clusterfuck.
0: Yeah, no it it, it really like 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 I unfortunately I hate to admit that my but that my life is such a way where like I had to multitask while I'm watching this. So like shit escalated in the middle of this arc and like i just every now and again i would just sort of look up at chirico blowing up the cops and just being like okay why is he doing this this time i i really had i couldn't i couldn't follow it super good
1: that's a that's a flaw of this arc in particular is that a lot of it is kind of just kiriko fighting the cops in various circumstances so a lot of it blends together i've seen it i've watched this arc twice once to like prep for the show, and then once, because I was just watching Votoms. Yeah. Before we started doing the, the show again. And I decided I wanted to do Votoms because I was watching it, and it's fucking awesome. Uh, but, so, Kiriko has this weird attachment to Fianna, who also has an attachment to him. Like, she's unable to kill- like, she's- she's what they're calling a PS. Yeah. yeah a yeah. perfect soldier. She's like a- an, like a- she's like a test tube, baby, cyber-enhanced, like- super soldier essentially
0: and 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 again like this has certainly been done but like i i do wonder i do wonder how played out the trope was back then the naked super lady
1: the naked super lady in a tube
0: uh yeah or also just just the concept of like a super soldier which i guess you know dates all the way back to like all those fucking rumors about like uh mussolini or whoever like trying to breed ape men or whatever
1: the fuck and I'm not, and I'm pretty sure some batshit Nazis have have some very disturbing notes that are along this mm-hmm. line.
0: Mm-hmm. I'm
1: sure that you can run down that hole and be very, very upset about the horrible war crimes of the Nazi party. I do that a lot because I'm a World War II history buff. And then I'm like, oh, that sounds like a neat, interesting thing that could be a sci-fi thing. And then I read it and I'm like, oh no, this is real and terrible. History is sad.
0: History is sad. Uh, war, war is bad. War is uh, very bad. What...
1: This is a very war is bad show as well, but it's way more blunt about it. Whereas, like, yeah. Gundam puts it in kind of, like, a poetic and, like, tragic way, whereas this is just blunt of just, like, this is war, fuck it. And, like, the
0: the and the best part, the, the part that I think it does the best at hitting home is, like, like. Uh, Gundam and most other mech shows will show you what we all know, like, already, that, like, yeah, like, waging war is bad because everything that happens during a war is bad. And then, like, well, this is—you you, you, get this in the overall Universal Century franchise because it's, like, in every war just causes another war to happen. But, like, yeah, that's just
1: how Gundam—everything is war—everything can be traced back to the one-year war of just being, like— Yeah, and— yeah.
0: And, and so, but but Votoms, Votoms t- takes it to a place that you don't normally see. It's like the, the the war is over, and the the war is over. Like the war is over. Long live the war. Yes. Like it, it didn't solve anything. It didn't fix anything. Not only it did this war. It ended because happen, they did it for
1: a hundred years and they forgot why. That's it.
0: Yeah, and, and and but not only that, like nothing nothing got better. Nothing got better, like, cause you 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 already ruined everything with it. Yeah, and fucking—it's like
1: the end of World War One. Nothing good came out of the First World War except the 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 only thing that came out of the First World War was modern Europe, and then twenty years later, the Second World War.
0: Yeah, Jesus,
1: ugh. <laughs> like the, the 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 Hundred Years' War in this reminds me of the World War One of just this was a war that was ultimately kind of pointless. But inevitably happened and but happened anyway, and nobody could really prevent it anyway. The most like predestined pointless encounter that was like the biggest loss of human life ever. It's very Oof. sobering. I love Votops. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I'm I'm again like again, like, we're only one season in and and, and, and I'm still like we we just got started so i i am fully invested in in in, in, in more about the, this world and and people's people's place in it because it, one thing that it, it always interests me about these types of stories like no matter how grim no matter how grim the world is that anybody postulates my favorite thing is seeing how people get by because that is that is the one true thing that these shows always show you about humanity is it's like it doesn't matter how fucked your situation is, you gotta get up and fucking do something tomorrow. And you gotta figure out how to be a sane, as sane of a person as you can in, in all of it. Like, That's why I really there's... like
1: Gundam The Origin. Is We're gonna cover the, the last three episodes of that, don't you worry. Because <laughs> we I hate leaving things incomplete. Or incomplete, I hate that. So very soon we will be covering the, the, the last half of Gundam Origin. Probably in one big long episode because I don't want to space out just individual episodes of Origin because it's like those episodes were good because we watched them together, but now we're like half a country apart and can't do that.
0: Yeah, no, nah, it's 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 whack. Anything it, it, if should we ever record together again, it will be a very special episode.
1: Yes, and so just to to briefly summarize the last part of the show and then we can go into last red shoulder which i think is the perfect cap off to this arc. We see um so Kiriko almost you know kind of steals Fiona away from the society. They they're kind of mad that like because Kiriko that Kiriko was the first thing she ever saw it like fucked with her programming. Yeah. So so she has this attachment to him and can't hurt him. It's it's lit-
0: <laughs> My my first thought was, like, when you're trying to fucking EV train a Pokemon and you fight the wrong wild one. And you fight the wrong wild Pokemon to give you the wrong EV points and you have to start over. That's <laughs> essentially bleed, how mad to...
1: the... Imagine that, but it's something you've literally spent hours and hours, like, hours and millions of dollars, like, physically creating. And that's how mm. mad the secret society is. Good lord. So, everything's complete chaos, and uh, Kiriko's friends, Kiriko and fiana are all brought in separate directions in the show this would just lead directly into the kuman arc where the kuman arc where kiriko's like i am now a mercenary in vietnam and then we're just kind of there but after the show ended they release a trilogy of OVAs. they are the last red shoulder which takes place around here the roots of ambition which takes place uh right before uh that kind of takes place during the war and is about the same cast of characters from Last Red Shoulder, and how Kiriko met them and everything. Yeah. While the uh, third one is called the Big Battle, and that takes place between the last two episodes of the show. Uh, we're not gonna. So, um, I was thinking we do Roots of Ambition with the with the Kuman arc, but there's actually stuff in that that ties into the Sunsa arc. So I thought that would be a little more complete since the Sunsa arc is shorter than Kuman, and we can just like smash those two together and then do Big Battle at the end.
0: But yeah, that works for me. That sounds great.
1: Last red shoulder.
0: Last red the fucking. <laughs> <laughs> I I do appreciate that. Unlike a lot of like uh like either like ov like OVAs or C, like other sequels or film or film versions of anime that like they they never fucking just just play the fucking opening like everybody is it wants you to and they never fucking do. This one did, and I was hype.
1: Oh yeah, it's just this is essentially just the lost episode of Votoms. Yeah. I feel like this part this part of the story was somewhat written into the plot, but they only had a certain amount of episodes.
0: Yeah, they, they either had a certain amount of episodes or or maybe they were even like, this could be a movie or something someday, and we'll just keep it in our back pocket.
1: So I so you don't have to watch this OVA now if you are just somebody who decided to watch the first thirteen episodes of Votons?
0: Yeah. Um... Or, or honestly, what I will say you could if you haven't watched the first 13 episodes you could watch this now
1: yes honestly if you are someone who just wants to test the waters this is a like 50 minute ova you might not like, be full on in the plot but this is a pretty plot light ova
0: yeah like any like the only the only thing i'll say like anything you don't understand if if you're familiar enough with just how if you've listened to this podcast work.
1: you could probably follow it
0: yeah, like if like like oh like Fela Proto one is there and it's Fianna. like why does Yeah, Fiana? Why like why does Chirico care about her? And like honestly, I've only watched the first first thirteen episodes. I don't fully know.
1: <laughs> so like <laughs> Neither does Chiriko at this point.
0: <laughs> yeah, Chirico has a very confused boner.
1: Uh it was the first Teddy she ever saw.
0: Huh.
1: <laughs> P- probably sweet.
0: Um who could say.
1: So Last Red Shoulder, uh I suggest watching it in- after the third, immediately after the 13th episode or right before you start the Kumin arc. Cuz while all the shit with Wudu is still fresh in your head, this one's fun or if you're ready to start the Kumin arc, this is a good way of being like, okay, let's um let's see where Kiriko went immediately after the end of Wudu and turns out so but for the first time we see a flashback to bef- right before the first episode we are introduced to uh you know we see kiriko with his beret he's in the, we didn't talk about the red shoulders at all actually so this is let's talk about the red shoulders for a minute uh, yeah the,
0: the 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 red shoulders in 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 the last in the last part of of the of the arc like their their last big fucking one of their last big fucking strikes against the against the cops as they're coming for them because they made that big huge score (laughs) yeah um you know they they the the old man just kind of mentions like ah if only the fucking red shoulders were here we have have fucking like the red shoulders are fucking i forget how he brings up the red shoulders but it's like this this almost urban legend of this like combat team in the war of like this scope dog unit that like each had like a red like they were the only ones to like fucking put any flare on their scope dogs yeah they painted their
1: uh their right shoulder red
0: yes and and so um and and so like when they're when they're souping up Chirico's uh scope dog vanilla is like I'm gonna do a cool guy vanilla thing and he paints he paints he paints a random shoulder on the mech red and it's like what do you think Chirico and Chirico's just like that's the wrong color it's it's not a dark enough it's like a, it needs to be a blood kind of dark red and it's on the wrong shoulder and that's when he reveals he, was, he, was, he a was, f- was a, fucking a red, red shoulder, shoulder.
1: And everyone's kind like, of and I love. That no one's surprised. Everyone's like, yeah, that makes sense.
0: But I think that, like Vanilla laughs. Vanilla's like, of oh, fucking course you are, Jesus Christ.
1: <laughs> no, because like Kiriko is honestly like I would be intimidated of him if I met him because he is a fucking emo- like almost emotionless killing machine. Yeah. <laughs> like Kiriko is a fucking like he could duke up with the Terminator. In terms of like hard. Like, so, in this episode, we see Kiriko's last day with the with the red shoulders. Like, uh, the war's about to end, and he's getting kicked off. And he's- and then you see he's being transferred to where he is in Lido in the first episode. Yeah. Uh, the other three are uh, Gregor, Muza, and Byman. Or Mirza, depending on what subs you're watching. <laughs> it's a made-up Katakana name. It's Mu, long sign, and then Za, so it could be Mirza, Muza, whatever you want it to be.
0: Oh, is it, is it like a, is it like that list of fake English baseball player names that that Japanese baseball <laughs> game came up with?
1: Yes. <laughs> so, uh, but it seems that, like, all of them kind of have, like, a weird problem with authority. Like, Kiriko asks too many questions, Gregor slaps himself in the face when he's stressed, Mirza's too pissed off all the time, and Byman doesn't really take anything seriously. And they're all, like, kicked off of the Red Shoulders. And as they leave on the helicopter, they catch, like, a glimpse of their commander, General Pailson. Fucking General Pailson. Who is a big thing in a lot of the prequel OVAS.
0: Yeah, he seems like a real motherfucker.
1: And so, uh, it cut- we just got a hard cut to, to Kiriko. And he's just hanging out at a different shitty city. <laughs> With, um, on Melchia, because I'm guessing that Melchia is kind of just like a hellhole. It's like a Judge Dredd planet. There's just big mega cities and that's it. Everything else is just destroyed. It's like you either have Blade Runner, Judge Dredd, or Fallout. Those are your three options.
0: <laughs> Take your pick.
1: Take your pick. So, so Kiriko is met up with these three guys and they're like, let's kill General Paleson
0: yeah i i love how that's like because because you know a, a lot of these a lot of these kinds of stuff is is just like oh we like we we want to like do a big score or we want to like get like something something a little more like like realistic and like worth the effort but these all these guys are literally just like no we we want this single fucker dead well, and we're gonna suit up
1: to, they explain it a bit more later on in the show and in the OVAs, but the Red Shoulders did some horrible war crimes and Paleson is yes. the guy who pretty much was trying to breed all of them into perfect soldiers. And because these four asked questions, they all got, you know, di- dished outward and then as we saw, Kiriko got set up, probably meant to die there in the first episode. Gregor, I, I don't even remember what happened to him, but Byman's arm is like fucked up and his robot arm and Mirza's family is dead. <laughs> so like, Pailson not only forced these guys to do war crimes and ruin their lives for, and then ruin their lives forever. So the the three of them are just like, we're just gonna fucking build some scope dogs. That I love how Kiriko does like the thermal mapping to find them.
0: Yeah, that was super cool.
1: Like it's cool seeing Kiriko like working with guys who like he knows. Like they don't seem like they're friends. They're just like, but they're familiar enough with each other. We kind of see like Kiriko like. In his element, and so it turns out General Paleson's with the secret society, and nobody's surprised. <laughs> <laughs> it seems like every horrible motherfucker in the in the Gilgamesh military is just is just in this secret society. So Pailson is like essentially overlooking this Garden of Eden where they birth where they show Proto Two Ypsilon. And Fiona's trying to like trying so hard to be like, I'm gonna make him a nice boy. <laughs> like he kills a bug and she's like, No, we don't do this, Ypsilon.
0: Yeah, no, that that was the most kind of like
1: <laughs>
0: That was interesting. Cause like I remember like the <laughs> In my mind I just call him the Pope. Um <laughs> Bro. Yeah Yeah, the, the Pope is just the Pope is just like I I I don't think it was a fucking good idea to like let our objectively flawed perfect soldier indoctrinate this soldier we're trying to get right this time. And everyone's like, "Shut up, you're stupid." And I, me too, who hates him, is like, "No, he's
1: right." What are um, you doing? We see Killy again for the first time in a while. Uh, hmm. Ishkui, who was is the other one of the other conspirators, died in this in the first arc. Like uh, the, the chief of police, he's just gone. He's dead. He gets killed by fucking the military. Uh, So he, so they're down a man, but now we see these two weirdo twins who actually don't show up in the show until the Sunset arc. But I like seeing, you get like a sneak preview of like some of the the upcoming bad guys. Yeah. Where like if you boy, watch
0: it in this order.
1: <laughs> if you watch it in this order. This is my recommended place to watch Last Red Shoulder. Yeah. Is in between episodes 13 and 14.
0: Yeah, 'cause like when when I first saw this, I like you had to tell me a- you told me after the fact after I had seen it that that Ypsilon, um, comes back. Yeah, like, Ypsilon, when...
1: there's a there's a solid chunk of the first bit of the Kumin arc where Kiriko's getting shot at by a perfect soldier, and he's like, "Fiona, it's me! Don't you understand?" And so like even though this is made later, and Kiriko does encounter Ypsilon here, he never sees Ypsilon's face. He never sees who's in the fucking bloodsucker. So that's another name for the the red the red shoulders is the bloodsucker battalion.
0: Nice. Because apparently yeah, they were no, rumored to like do, to sick.
1: even like drink the blood of their fallen comrades to keep fighting. Which is just the red shoulders are so hardcore that I'd actually believe it. Yeah. No. Like. <laughs> uh. So let's can we talk about the bloodsucker for a second because it's the first time we see like a really new uh at in the series.
0: Yeah, no, it was it, it was it was it was interesting. Do do they do they show up in the series? The proper Bloodsuckers are
1: are unique to this OVA. Oh wow. Um, which yeah, is no, they're cool. which is a shame. In Super Robot Wars, they always ha- they have Bloodsuckers as like main enemies because they're so fucking cool. So whenever you're fighting Votoms bad guys in Super Robot Wars, there's just Bloodsuckers everywhere. Because that because because vo- Super Robot Wars is just about giving mecha fanboys what they want or fangirls do. Yeah. Like they're like, oh, you want Ramba to survive? Sure. <laughs> like, uh so the that's the plot of this essentially. So Ypsilon is like he's more of a perfect soldier than Fiona was. He's not compromised. Uh as much as she was. And so Gregor, Byman, uh Mirza and Kiriko are like, okay, we have f- they, they make the, the, apparently when they fully load it up, they call it the Scope Dog Turbo Custom. So that's like what Kiriko had at the end of the first arc and what they have here. They got the Turbo Custom, which are, have upgraded speed and weapons. And they yeah. just fucking storm this base. They're just like, okay, there are now 38 surviving Red Shoulders. So we each got to fight all these guys in high-tech prototype ATs who were like the best guys ever.
0: And honestly, to 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 be fair, they spend most of the movie doing it extremely easily.
1: Yeah, and like it's... to their credit. Dude, well, I mean, like these are four guys who are very determined and are like, nothing is more dangerous than like a super than like an elite commando who's been fucked over by life or his commander. These guys have action movie aura going on.
0: Oh, hundred percent. These guys they are, are... Ha, these
1: guys have are invoking are channeling the power of like half of Stallone and Schwarzenegger and Van Damme's entire filmography. So they have that like kind of status effect right now. But uh they put they, they slam Ypsilon into a bloodsucker and he just fucking rips them apart. Like he starts punching Kiriko against a wall, and you're just like, oh, 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 and uh, so one by one, Mirza dies, Gregor dies, and then Byman goes missing. And so Kiriko loses. Like, he, Kiriko gets fucking his ass kicked. Yeah, and- no... Uh, it's it's
0: it's funny. It, it it was it was funny. Just like as soon as like as soon as like anything's wrong, Ypsilon's just like I I must war. I gotta go war, and he's just, just running through the fucking hallway like it's wartime. Let's go! And he just like fucking throws a dead soldier out of a bloodsucker and jumps in it.
1: <laughs> yeah, he's just like I'm doing this right now. He's been <laughs> he's he not even worn. like properly suited up. He he's less than twenty four hours old. <laughs> And he just... So
0: basically, uh, so basically, Ypsilon is baby.
1: Yes. So Ypsilon just rips through Mirza and Gregor. They're just dead. Baiman, we don't know what the fuck happened to Byman. Kiriko's like, fuck. Uh, Byman stayed behind. So, like he's gonna hold him off. That was what it was.
0: Yeah. My and... my my favorite thing. My favorite thing is that for the whole OVA, Kiriko thinks thinks it's Proto One.
1: Yeah. Because it would break continuity if he met Ypsilon here, yeah. but he does, and, he... and I didn't know that was the reason
0: at first. So, but it's one of those it's one of those fun things that happens when you when you when you make art and like not worry so much about shit like continuity. Like you can figure it out later, because sometimes it ends up making like really interesting story beats where it's like, oh, like he has to fucking. He's he's fighting this person and he thinks he's just like confused and upset and emotional. Like Fiona, I thought
1: we had a thing going on. Why are you trying to kill yeah, me? Yeah.
0: And like that's honestly I I feel like that is the main reason he lost.
1: Yeah, cuz he didn't want to kill Fiona like at all. Like he has a connection to um, her and like honestly I can feel Kiriko also kind of feels like a PS because he doesn't he doesn't know how to do anything other than kill people. Yeah. So he has. I feel like he has some solidarity right there. But like, because well,
0: that is that 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 was um. What is his name? Palson pa-
1: pa- or whatever. Palson. Yeah.
0: Palson. Like his. Like he says outright. Like I basically like I tried to make the perfect soldier from an already existing human, and like I I did it. It's Chirico, but I can't control him.
1: <laughs> yeah. And that that was that was essentially that's what the red shoulders were. Was just this one fucker's pro. Like, what can I do? To get to make the perfect soldier, <laughs> the, re-
0: the red shoulders are that one Tumblr post where the guy was like, "I, I sma- I smashed two, I smashed a whole bag of M Ms together until the strongest M M&M M was left, and I mailed those to the M M&M M factory."
1: Yes, that is that <laughs> that was tweeted by General Paleson. <laughs> so Kiriko, so Paleson shows up and Kiriko's like, "Ah, oh, fuck!" and he kind of is about to pass out. And then, like, Fianna's jump- well, he doesn't see this because he's unconscious, but Fianna jumps in front of Ypsilon, and he's like, don't kill him, I love him, I didn't teach you what love was yet. And, like, kisses him, and then he's like, I don't understand. In my head, if there was a dub of this, I would want Hayden Christensen to voice Ypsilon. Because that's really funny to me.
0: That's good, that would work. And honestly, he would probably get to, like, straight... We would we would direct him better than George Lucas did. Yes. We would probably get a better performance out of Hayden.
1: Yes. I bet. Yes. And better lines.
0: Yeah. Better everything. So, Why aren't we directing Star Wars? We, let's go back in time and direct the prequels.
1: <laughs> yes. I can make Phantom Menace the best one. God.
0: Now this is pod <laughs>
1: Now this is podcasting! <laughs> 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 that joke was so funny it killed you
0: <laughs> yeah no i mean we've been talking for a while and i ran out of water
1: <laughs> so we're almost
0: done so yeah. uh this is our third podcast for tonight folks we're doing it
1: we're do- and honestly i'm surprised we're still doing well yeah no that's fine i'm, pro- we, I'm gonna chop this have... up to make it a little better and a little less repetition oh yeah sure yeah that's podcasting. now this is podcasting yes that's the power of math people Uh, so, um, suddenly Byman shows up out of nowhere and just fucking guns him the fuck down. Like, he gets cut apart like that dude from the beginning of Akira. Oh, absolutely. Except less violent, because it's the 80s. (laughs) And Byman's just like, haha, told you I'd kill ya, and he just dies. That, that
0: was so sick. I, I loved that. I loved that he got that. I loved that. Because, like, he... I feel like he was the one that was the hypest. He was the one that was like, I need to... F- I, I literally, you guys, I need to fucking kill him before I die.
1: Yeah. Um, and, like, because the whole... the whole Before, like, they finally do the raid, like, Mirza is so fucking pissed because Biden's not taking anything seriously. And Biden, honestly, Mirza's I... like, my family is dead? Fuck you, dude? You're making some jokes? I...
0: Oh look a big big joke man <laughs> fucking <laughs> big, <laughs> I missed joke. A big joke man get off my fucking post you idiot <laughs> I, love that. I forgot about that I knew you loved it um <laughs> but <laughs> now um fucking what was i gonna gonna say i appreciate i I feel like the last red shoulder is what we need in 2019 because i feel like every other revenge story is about how revenge is bad and this is like no you should absolutely do every we should be doing everything in our power to make sure that fucking bad people get what they deserve sometimes fascist war specifically fascist war criminals
1: get shot to pieces by a giant robot that's (laughs) every
0: every every u.s president should be in jail
1: i think the ending of this OVA, like, the credit scene, is, like, the most Votoms thing ever. Because, like, the Secret Society escapes the base because, you know, it's all blown to fuck. Kiriko has, like, a moment where he sees Fianna. And mm-hmm. he's like, "Oh no, where are you going? And then he just kind of sits there for a second. And the only people he had any relationship with during the war are just dead around him. And he just, like, walks off into the wasteland, throws his helmet down, and just leaves. <laughs> I and, gotta
0: get. I gotta get back to the main series now.
1: <laughs> and I gotta go back to. I need to go. Uh, and so, like the credits just linger on that shot, and that's so striking of just the Votoms helmet, kind of like, like in the dust.
0: Yeah, and then the ending theme plays.
1: Yeah, it's. I
0: it's, love that ending theme.
1: It's good, and I love how it's just fiona like sleeping in a in a, in a
0: scope dog. Huh.
1: So, uh, that's the last red shoulder, um. Yeah, uh, there's a little after the credits bumper, which is just you know where we get to see. Uh, I like that. Oh, <laughs> you get to see Kiriko's friends and Kokon is worried about him, and then they're like, "This is the, there's like this is a uh, hellish war zone that we live in. Kiriko's gonna be here any minute, and they're yeah, not. He, wrong. They're,
0: they're, yeah, they're literally. This is, oh, man. Again, again, talking with you about this is like has like opened my eyes to, to new takes on it because like it 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 really feels. It feels self-aware in a way more subtle way than what we usually mean when we say that something is self-aware. Yes, because like it's it's like how every how no one is surprised, and I think th- I think it's due to the fact that like everybody is so entrenched in the world that they live in that like no no like all of this horrible ridiculous horseshit doesn't surprise them, but also like just. Even when something works in their favor, it is still so outlandish and violent and ridiculous. And, like, of course this would happen. Like, even when it's working in their favor, it's still like, I can't fucking believe I'm stuck here.
1: <laughs> yeah. And so, uh, that's uh, the voodoo arc of Votoms, the first 13 episodes. If you haven't watched it and want to, uh, go ahead. There's a lot of little details we've left out just because there's a lot happens in those 13 episodes. And a lot of it bleeds together.
0: Yeah, yeah. No, it, it's 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 very much it's very much bingeable and like I think we 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 talked about this off podcast. I think um I've heard
1: they exist, but don't quote me on that. If no,
0: you're gonna I, talk I was about gonna, what I
1: think you're talking about.
0: Uh, I was going to say that like we I was going to say that like there should be the, w- there should be movie cuts and supposedly there might be, but I don't know.
1: Yeah, I don't know. Don't quote me on that. I've heard that they are there are on the Blu-rays, but that just is like a bumper on like an Amazon for Blu- on Amazon for Blu-rays. Otherwise, I couldn't find any record of their existence otherwise. Like maybe what? they mean like compilation movies as in that it just cuts out all the openings and endings and plays all the episodes back to back?
0: Maybe I was going to say that like maybe maybe like one, maybe like one of the... maybe there's some like bootleg localization that just sort of cobbled them together.
1: I mean, I if I if I was actually good at editing, I would try my hand at a compilation because you could easily make four. Like imagine that. Like you watch the Wudu movie, Votom, Stage yeah. One Wudu, and then it's just like last uh, red shirt. A hundred percent. Yeah, stage you, you two, could Kuman. absolutely. Stage two cool stage three Sunsa, Roots of Ambition.
0: You could, you could absolutely do that. You you could just make you could just you could just make all of the all of the individual times they fight the cops into one very long action sequence.
1: Or like two or three. Yeah, 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 yeah. So like um. But I'm not an editor, and I would love if that happened. But I doubt it ever would. So what are Maybe so someday. final? So final thoughts on Votoms? We've been podcasting for nearly three, four hours.
0: It's it's good, and um it's it's a very good it's a very solid start i i like i honestly you know for for, for however e- for however easy it, it's been through my through my binging to like kind of fall off of the beat for beats of some of the plot points the the this the, the setting and the atmosphere and the characters are endearing enough where i still want to see i, I want to see more and i want to see where it goes
1: i like how even though kiriko is a very kind of emotionless character you can definitely see that he you he, like he, he doesn't outwardly portray any emotion, but you can still read how he feels,
0: and that yes, I think abs- is really absolutely. solid.
1: His voice actor is very good. I, uh, I yes, like I think Kiriko is the is a very solid protagonist, and I don't think he'd work in any other show besides this one.
0: Yeah, no, and I think I think other shows try and fail to have a Kiriko type. Yeah, it's he's... hard to do. It's basically him and
1: guts. Yeah, Kiriko and Guts are, I think, the only people who would ever get along. Yeah, like, and by get
0: along, I mean they 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 would, they would be able to sit silently in a room together and not try to kill each other.
1: Yeah, and like um my my favorite thing is like uh apparently in Super Robot Wars games they used to have the joke of a uh, hero and Sosuke from Full Metal Panic would always kind of like trade stories about being a child soldier, but I'd love to see Kiriko just walk over to them and just go, "What are you guys talking about?" <laughs> uh and also in super robot wars you can prevent gregor byman and mirza from dying and they just kind of wow. join you throughout the rest of the game and then there's a cool attack where all four of them like rush out together and their scope dogs and just unload everything
0: that sounds sick as hell and we need to freaking play man imagine if freaking um because all the all the new super all the new super wars games are getting chinese english yeah i, I want to play them they yeah, and, I, man, I'm saying, like, what if they fucking, what if they remade the old
1: ones again? That'd uh, be awesome. Uh, I know that uh, a couple fan translations for the SNES ones have been updated, and some new ones are coming out soon. So we mm-hmm. could maybe, maybe when me and Tooch figure out this, we can start doing video games again. I'd like to try to revisit Marathon, because we did a part one for that and never concluded it.
0: Yeah. I have a I I me me and Jazz have a Twitch channel that r- right now we're, st- we're we're still trying to figure out what we want to do with it because it's like, you know, it, it's 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 tw- it's 2019. It basically if you're not already super famous on Twitch or YouTube, you should probably pick a different career path cuz I, I think they closed the doors on that unofficially. If you if you get what I mean with this sort of with those sort of trends like but we still unless you like, get your
1: foot in the door with a new game immediately.
0: Yeah, uh, y- yeah. Unless un- un- unless you, you have, are actively
1: chasing trends.
0: Yeah. Un- unless you have the time and the money to live uh, off of not making money off of it for a minute, and and you and you have that hit, and you can put in the time. Like Jazz and I have jobs. We can't fucking do that. I work but forty f-
1: hours a week on a bicycle. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Same, except for the bicycle part. But, um but 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 yeah but like if yeah i i would absolutely love to do something on on like we, we could stream some games on twitch or whatever and then and then we can just take those archives and just fucking do shit with them on
1: youtube i was thinking another thing we could do is do it retsu price style where okay we
0: like we find we find previous recordings
1: well i was thinking on. i would just record myself playing a game to completion and edit it down a bit with no commentary and then we just comment over it
0: Okay, yeah, I could do that. I'll fucks with that.
1: So, like, it would be like, okay, here's two hours of me playing Armored Core, and then we just
0: Spe- kind of talk ja- about it? Speaking of my beautiful gender-fluid wife, Jasmine, who I love for all of my life, uh, I apologize if, if, the, if, if their snoring bleeds through the microphone. They are sleeping, and it's almost 2 a.m.,
1: I can barely hear it, but maybe I, we could probably get that out if we can probably. Yeah,
0: like you could, you could probably just like sound remove. You could probably just do do noise removal. I'll I'll do it on my footage and see if how well that helps. But like you yeah, could probably just we're gonna leave... clean these up a bit. Yeah, just w- what I like to do, and you know, if it happens too often and it gets too tedious, don't worry about it. But like, it, whenever there was a lot of background fuzz when somebody was talking on their own audio track, whenever they weren't talking, I would take their, their quote-unquote silence and I would highlight it and then I'd actually like mute it. I'm gonna like cut, cut this cut bit, but part. yeah,
1: that's good advice. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, so, last a uh, couple last things I wanted to bring up because we're, we're talking a bit, but uh, if, if unless if you like us, you're still listening. If not, you've already clocked out, so whatever. Um, Speaking uh,
0: of listeners.
1: Yes, that's exactly what I want to segue into, but my brain turned off for a second.
0: <laughs> nah, it's chill. It, it's getting late but the, so i i found out that like yes our our gmail is still active mechatrospective at gmail.com and we did get a couple uh, a couple questions one from i think when we were still making episodes uh and another from asking us about the state of us so let me just do these uh this one which was unopened from november of 2016 uh is from dan well i, I don't i don't want to give a full name i don't know if that's cool just for dan them. Yeah, just damn I mean, that's how they sign it. Um, Hi, guys. Just recently, one week ago, so November, like, it's like, like, eighteenth, twenty sixteen, or whatever. So longer than that, but like, uh, I, I, just started listening to your podcast. I love it. I had recently rekindled interest in Monsignor Z, and your podcast was super helpful. Well, thank you. That's so nice to hear. I love it. And it. It also did a great job of reminding me that Gona Guy had an amazing body of work, so there's lots to check out. Oh my god. I'm so sad we ever had to stop. Um, Some questions. D- uh, does this clip actually come from a real Mozinger series, or is it simply some kind of one-off promotional clip? Not a lot of details I can find. It gives a YouTube link, so let me link this to you, Dev.
1: All right, let me take a look at this. Uh,
0: Yes, I know exactly what that is already, and I've watched that. I forget what it was made for. Oh
1: shit! Godmassinger is in this. Nobody ever talks about him.
0: Yeah, it, it it was this weird like short. It was this weird like short thing that they did with all of Gona Guy's robots, where it was just a big long fight scene. Uh, and I don't even know if there was any dialogue in it necessarily.
1: Oh, yeah, no, it... at the end. Yeah, yeah.
0: Um, but yeah, I I forget the full context of this thing. Um. And then the second part of the question, any particular play? Uh, uh, for anybody who wants the YouTube link, the title of it is "Mazinger Z Gonagai Guy Dynamic Super Battle Robots." So that'll pro- that'll get you where you need to go if you, if you want to know what we're talking about.
1: If we remember, we'll put it on Twitter when this episode comes up.
0: Yeah. Um, two. Any particular places you'd recommend online for scans? They seem to be in short supply these days, but they also seem to be the only way to read some of the original manga series, sort of flying to Japan, learning Japanese, and getting a bunch of books. Yeah, I feel that. Um, yeah, well, this, was written, this was written in 2016, so I'm sure whatever answer even, we would have worse. for them... Yeah, I'm sure, yeah.
1: Uh, I'm going to pump uh, Dynamic Pro Scanlations, because uh, I don't know, I think they've updated since like 2015, but they were um, the guys who did all the getter scans. Uh-huh. and you can just download those from mediafire links straight on from their site uh, or it's it's on it's a blogspot page but it's like dynamic pro scanlations it should be hard it should be hard to find uh, next if you are interested in gundam fan scans there is zeonicrepublic.net the site's a little confusing to navigate but if you search their site they've done a lot of like like they were trans i think i don't know if they're still doing thunderbolt because that's getting officially localized
0: uh-huh. like the
1: manga but I know they did like Char's Deleted Affair. They did, they're doing the upcoming the uh still going Blue Destiny manga. There they did um the Beltochka's Children manga adaptation. Ooh. Where Beltochka's Children is an earlier draft of the Char's counterattack script.
0: Yeah, that's where the Nightingale comes from.
1: And the Hainu, yeah. Yeah.
0: Um I uh, that that reminded me that, like, I found some random, like, one-off Gundam manga that I couldn't figure out a lot of information about, but the the titular Gundam in the series looks like a fucking ninja, and it has, like, shuriken and stuff? But it's in the Universal Century, apparently?
1: So, just a brief, uh, little caveat is of how I consider, um, Gundam canon. Yes. Gundam canon is tiered. Everything animated is, is canon. The, mm-hmm. And then I have novels.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Novels, as long as they do not, are not immediately contradicted by anime, and that are tier two canon. And then tier three canon is manga and video games. Yes. So like, uh, there's a lot of Universal Century manga that I don't consider entirely canon. But like, when something finally gets animated, that's when it's like hyper canonized. Like all the prequel stuff in-, in Gun of the Origin has all been animated now, so that's now just canon. Unicorn yeah. in your narrative are now just canon because those are originally just novels. Um, Thunderbolt canon, just because it's animated, and so um, there is a lot. That's the thing I like about it is that you can fit so much different shit in the Universal Century, but a lot of a lot of stuff is tonally dissonant, and if it's not really animated, it doesn't really affect canon. Yeah, but Which, I'd I'm like just... to check that out. <laughs> cuz it I'm sounds wacky f-
0: yeah the i'm trying to find it uh it it, it reminds me of uh volfog it's purple uh g- t- freaking g okay, like what's the full full word it cut off uh Oh, it's just Gino no Kagenin. It's a Gundam, that's what it's called.
1: I'm sorry, Jester in the Gundam Discord just posted, um, something very great that you need to see. <laughs> I'm probably gonna cut this, but...
0: No, that that's good. Um... Um... But anyway, here, here, s- let me get this... Second email. It's a, very, it's a very interesting Gundam design.
1: Oh, and then the second email.
0: Um, oh, that first email wasn't done yet.
1: Oh, no. Okay, there's still more? Okay, cool.
0: Yeah, long question. Um, oh, well, those were those were, those were were questions, and then uh, some comments. Not sure if you noticed this, but the Mazen Kaiser theme is some amalgamation of, like, five different riff, riffs from Slippery When Wet Era Bon Jovi.
1: <laughs> That's incredible.
0: I believe it. Uh, Jam Project is a lot. Uh... Okay, th- thanks. Would love to hear your thoughts on uh, Giant Robo. Uh, I don't if this is—I don't know if this is a typo or there's something called Akita instead of Akira that I that I think they might be talking about. I don't know. An Appleseed. Akita's a dog. I know that. Yeah, uh, Appleseed uh, and other series. Your backlog maybe has grown since some of the decent new series is coming out. You fucking—you you better believe it, buddy. I bet there's something awesome out there I'm totally unaware of that you'll mention someday. Um, I hope so too. That's always. A big favorite of mine. I guess that life has gotten busier for you guys since you started out, but really like what you've done. Keep up the great work. Hope all's well for you, respectively. Dan. P.S. Random and not Mecha, but have you heard of the really old show and manga Ogon Bat? I saw the opening of one of the animes on YouTube and was fascinated. Ogon Bat.
1: Uh, Dan, let me yes! take some of these down for you. Appleseed, I have no knowledge of except that it's by Masumune Shirao, who made the manga for Ghost in the Shell. I know that much. Um, we, I would like to cover it. Maybe that—that's a little deeper on the backlog. Giant Robo is towards the top, and uh, Akira. I would love to do a guide in because not enough people talk about the manga. The movie is classic. Yes. Don't get me wrong. I love the movie, but the manga is a fucking opus.
0: Yeah, and I want to read the manga too.
1: I have the giant hardcover crate.
0: Oh, sick! That's so good. I wanted that. I'd lend it to you if you still lived in the state. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I, I have also heard of Bat. It was, like, he, he was one of the first, like, quote-unquote, like, Japanese, like, superheroes, basically. And I think he, he originated as, like, um... Oh,
1: one of those, uh, shiba, Kamishibai?
0: Yeah, he was a Kamishibai.
1: Yes! I actually do know what that is then. I didn't know it, it was anything more than a Kamishibai.
0: Um, there, there... Apparently, there was a live-action film in the 60s. Um, and there was there was an anime in nineteen 19- from ni- fifty two episodes from nineteen sixty seven to nineteen sixty eight, um, so yeah no I've I actually have heard of that in like my in my deep in my various deep dives of pop culture, um, so thank you thank you so much for the question Dan I'm sorry it took us literally three years to answer it.
1: Uh, please send him an email in response. <laughs> uh,
0: yes I will I will keep this tab open so I remember to do that before I go to bed. Um and then let me go to our other question. Gunda mail. That's what the G stands for now. Gundam. Um uh G-Gundam, from Gunda. Yeah, from yes, from from Jesse or Jess. Uh hi, I just discovered you guys a few days ago. Uh this was written in January 15th of 2017. My our apologies. Um, the title is, Is Metrospective Still Alive? Uh, I guess the answer at the time was no. Um, the, uh, I, w- I discovered you guys a few days ago looking for a Pat Labor podcast. I'm not necessarily a Mecha fan, but from the, from the few episodes about Ghost in the Shell and Blade Runner that I listened, I really liked you guys talking about animes and movies. I'm so glad that you also liked our non-anime shit.
1: Yeah, um, we did a Terminator episode that never made it to air because of life reasons. So we're definitely going to do that one again because I have a lot of thoughts on Terminator.
0: Yeah, especially now that the franchise, for some for some reason, has just been continually trying to come back for the past, like, five
1: years. <laughs> and shooting itself in the face every yeah. time. Yeah.
0: But apparently your podcast ended on episode 23 in July 2016. I don't really know why, maybe you just didn't feel like continuing it anymore. Which is a shame, though, especially since you promised so many reviews that I'm really interested in. More Ghost in the Shell, other Patlay movies, Jinro, Terminator, etc., Uh, not a lot of podcasts talk about mech sci-fi anime so specifically, and you guys are really good at it. I'd love to listen more. Thank you so much, and and we will also be writing you a response, Jess. A Jess. Jess. I knew it was a female name. Um, I I mean it's either Jess or Jesse. Some people spell Jesse without the I, so I don't know.
1: Okay, Um, I think it's Jesse. Okay, Jesse. Uh, I just want to personally apologize that we've let you down, but we're back, (laughs) and we hope that sometimes. When revivals have a lot of time to cook in the oven, they're better than they were if they just were kept being made. If Twin Peaks: yeah. The Return taught me anything, it's that sometimes twenty-five years of waiting is worth it.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, and you know it was basically just, it was basically just it was basically just life shit. And uh,
1: the Moon to, wars. To,
0: to summarize a lot, yeah, the Moon Wars. The Moon Wars was our life.
1: Yes. So, we,
0: we, we lived several lives for many eternities.
1: We've died several deaths.
0: And every time we died, no one remembered who we were.
1: Sad. So, yes, thank you so much, both of you, Dan and Jesse. We will be sending you emails uh, by the time this episode airs, you would have already received them. Yes. Uh, so, yes, once again, uh, I think we, already t- we, t- we have all of our final thoughts out for Votoms. Would you yeah, recommend well, Votoms for,
0: uh, would you recommend Votoms? Yeah, ab- absolutely.
1: To, to, I, I, If you're a fan of Gridman, watch Votoms. God, um, no,
0: I, 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 I recommend Votoms again, like, it's, you know what, like, because I, I said the Grid, I said that Gridman was, it was a very good, was a very good way to, Gridman's a good way to dip your toe into, like, Tokusatsu and Super Robots, uh, Votoms is a really good way to dip your tone to real robots. Because, like, you know, real robots for as realistic as they can be, it is still, like, very marketable, well-designed mecha to sell toys. The story is just This more is less prettier. to sell
1: toys, more to sell model kits. Yes. Like, I can see, like, I can see, like, a, fi- like a 14-year-old buying, like, a gunplot and being really excited, or, like, an 8-year-old. I can see, like, a 32-year-old man so excited to, like, paint realistic camouflage on this thing. Yes. And, like, give it, like, realistic, like, scrap damage.
0: Yeah, like like put like get little like ru- rust flecks to paint on it.
1: Yeah, like that's if if you are like a fan of war dramas, not even mecha, this would still appeal to you.
0: Yes, uh, it, it is and it is a good way cuz again like it you know, it's it's a gateway because like it's different, but at the same time, you can take the you can take what you like about Votoms, and you can see it in other shows, and you can make that transition. Like if you like Chirico, you will like Amaro. um, and shit like that. You know, if, it's what honestly, it's all about.
1: If you like Berserk, you're gonna like this.
0: That too, yes. This is very much. Of a less,
1: if you were a like, less
0: graph, a less graphic berserk. This
1: this tells its story in a very sane end way, even if it's still dated by like storytelling like standards. Not dated as in it's bad, just that this isn't the norm of how anime stories are told anymore.
0: Yeah, they they don't make them like this. They don't make them like they used to. Folks. This
1: series is in a weird space between kind of like because even though 0079 had had a story, we've talked about the movies, but the show is very much like enemy of the week still. This yeah. is very much kind of like encounter or problem of the week. Or like a battle of the week. And it's but, usually the cops. At least in this arc. Yeah. Oh uh, uh, yeah, you'll love the show if you hate cops. Yeah, if you hate cops, you'll at least like the first arc.
0: Uh, and if you like cops, don't listen to this podcast ever again.
1: The only cops I trust are the heinous crimes unit and the, uh, the second labor division.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: And Cooper, I trust Agent Cooper.
0: Agent, yes, Agent. And yes,
1: fictional FBI agents are okay. Sometimes. Uh, but yeah, and then when you see more more shows like Zeta that come in the mid eighties, this is like in a weird kind of like transitory period in terms of like real robot storytelling. Yeah, this is honestly like the first, the second real robot franchise ever behind. I think Macross third, if you count. Yeah, it was Gundam Macross in eighty two, and this in eighty three.
0: Yeah, and even then, I feel I feel like, I feel like, Mac- I feel like Macross, I mean, knowing nothing about OG Macross, I feel like just knowing that the titular Macross is a big battleship that turns into a man, not the most real you could get.
1: <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I agree.
0: So, um, but I do want to watch that and cover that, obviously.
1: Sure. We will get to that. We, I think we can do that in two episodes, because it's only like 30 something.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Because uh, that one also got canceled, but Tatsunoko saved it. That's
0: Thank you, Tatsunoko. You've done so. You've done so many hyper specific weird things in in your in your brands and your company's career. I salute you, you strange company.
1: Uh, but yeah, uh, I would recommend. Can't wait to
0: do Gold Lightan. You told me we weren't ever. Go- I, I remember I said Devin, I want to watch this, and you told me good luck. Fuck you. It's on high dive now.
1: Well, we're at least we're never i'm still right that we're never going to be able to watch fucking uh, Acro acrobunch. Yeah, that's when true. we get to the point I, where we watch acrobunch and it's just not that good.
0: I <laughs> That's I, probably I what's not... going to happen. <laughs> uh yeah. Uh, i found some sub i found some subtitles and they are English is not en- i don't even think english was this person's third language to be is it honest like, with you. Cuz there's
1: like there's English and then there's Ingliberish.
0: I think well because I I remember I remember when I originally went hunting for Acrobunch subs I found raws and I found F- French and I think these English subs were translated from French by somebody who doesn't know Japanese or English
1: Is it like Vietnamese Pokemon crystal yes Terry get huge ball ball fuck
0: like, y- yeah, honestly, it's only slightly better than that. Like, the, on- the only reason I can understand what they're saying is because of context clues. Like, and like a couple nouns in their sentences. And I'm like, okay, cool, yeah, I, I-, I got the gist of what this person was trying to communicate, I guess. I don't have any emotion or context with it. But, yeah, I might as well be re- reading the Wikipedia summary.
1: <laughs> so, yeah, um...
0: That's, that's been retrospective.
1: That's a retrospective. That's Votom's Woodoo. Uh, and last Red shoulder. I'm Devin. I'm Teach. cry, quiet robots
0: and poor translations. Samashi. Dokimo. Kanashi. Dokimo. more